Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, privacy and cybersecurity attorney at McDonald Hopkins. As always, keep those questions, calls, comments coming. Some great ones recently, some really good thought-provoking ones. So call me at 410-917-5189 or email me at spollock, that's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K at mcdonaldhopkins.com. So a couple interesting developments recently, and let's start with the American Data Privacy and Protection Act, which was passed uh, on a vote of 53 to 2 for a a House panel, the House Energy and uh, Commerce Committee, which is pretty important. First off, as we know, the partisan gridlock in Congress is extreme these days. So any bill that goes through that's so bipartisan is remarkable. And then the realization that privacy and cyber span across the aisle is great to see from our lawmakers. But what does this potential act mean? It means that Congress has recognized that these hodgepodge of state laws have become burdensome and confusing for businesses and, quite honestly, attorneys alike to conform with and ensure compliance. Every state has their own law. Every state requires their own different standards, and they continuously change every six months. So it's great to see that Congress has recognized that we might need a national standard here. But it's also great to see that Congress recognized that privacy and the protection of individuals' information is paramount. So what happens with this law? So if this law passes, it should preempt all the state laws and create a national standard across the board, basically giving people the right to control, access, delete, and modify their data. Why is this important beyond what I just explained, the national standard? Well, it gives you the right, if a website or a company is collecting your data, to call them up, call Spencer's widget shop and say, hey, Spencer, I don't really want you collecting my social security anymore. And unless you can show me a regulation that requires you to keep it, it's time to delete it. Or, hey, Spencer, I don't really want you keeping my geolocation, my IP address, and all my uh, ad, all the history that I'm doing on your website. Time to delete it. Or calling and saying, hey, Spencer, I don't think what the information you have is correct. It's time to modify it. So it really gives people rather than companies the ability to control the information that companies have, which is paramount because it is our information. Second, as I just explained, it sets a national standard. I can't tell you in my day-to-day how hard it is to explain to a company that even though they're in Maryland, they might have obligations in California. They might have obligations in Virginia. They might have obligations in North in uh, New Mexico, even though they don't have any brick-and-mortar shops there. Now, look, I can put aside a jurisdictional argument, but I tell every client, we don't want to get into a fight with the government and be on the forefront of a of a precedent case where I'm arguing jurisdiction. Because one, it's time consuming, it's financially consuming, and three, we could lose, and you don't want to lose. And then finally, one thing we saw was that California really opposed. I don't know that explicitly opposed, but they were not too thrilled about this law because they felt that their law, the CCPA, CPRA, was stronger and more stringent 
So they wanted that law to stay in place and they wanted that to preempt. And the amendments there did not pass. So what does this show? Once again, we have Congress recognizing that we need that national standard. So it's interesting to follow this and see what happens moving forward. The next interesting part in the past two weeks was Florida Governor Governor DeSantis signed into law a law banning public entities from paying ransom. Now, this follows suit for North Carolina. North Carolina passed a similar law months ago. North Carolina's law is much more stringent, though, and says you can't even talk to ransomware actors and includes uh, schools, public, public schools as well. Florida's law does not include that expansive definition and allows you to at least talk to these people to hopefully kick the can down the road to secure your systems. But it still sets that standard that public entities cannot pay ransom. Now, this doesn't extend to private entities. I think the governments are still realizing that the impact on private entities would be catastrophic if they weren't able to pay a ransom. I know that's hard to stomach. I tell every client I talk to, if you ask me my personal opinion, I'd never pay a ransom, but I'm not in their position. If I was in their position, my opinion might change quickly based on circumstances. So I think the government still recognizes this, but it's still interesting to see that states are starting to pass these laws restricting ransom payments. So all very interesting topics, all very interesting that we have to really get out in front of these laws, especially the privacy law. Companies need to start buttoning up their practices right now because it also will have a private right of action where you can get sued. So really, we need to have more preparation beyond being proactive in our defenses against cyber threats and criminals. We got to be proactive with these laws. So prepare, prepare, prepare. Involve the necessary internal and external parties with legal, cybersecurity, IT, HR, everybody. Right? This is a team sport. So that's all for today. I appreciate you all coming around and listening to my rants. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. So have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening. Oh, well, keep the questions, calls, comments coming, 410-917-5189. Or email me at spollock at mcdonaldhopkins.com. And once again, have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening.